The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. But let us get into the show. And we're not going to do news tonight because I think that there is enough to tackle with Dark Side of the Ring from last night. And I think that's where we can start, Kate, if that's uh, okay with you. Because by all means. it is certainly the, the biggest story today uh, coming off of I think that, you know, we, we have seen a lot of different Dark Side of the Ring episodes, some very uncomfortable subjects that have been covered. Uh, this one, for so many different reasons, Kate, I think is going to resonate with people. Uh, we're talking about major figures in the industry. One that, I mean, we're only talking 19 years ago, which is not a crazy uh, jump into history. I think this is the one that is going to generate the most discussion coming out of it. And today was certainly an indication of that. I think possible, uh, well, and, and one that has already generated a consequence yes. uh, in terms of Tommy Dreamer being uh, already indefinitely suspended uh, for his comments on the, uh, on the episode. Um, I, I owe you a thank you, by the way, because you kind of gave me a heads up beforehand. I, like most people, I think had heard the sort of boisterous locker room version of this story i had not heard anything about uh flair i'd heard that you know there was this turbulent in various ways flight and people got drunk and were playing pranks on each other and getting in fights and uh when i first heard about it i thought well that's no i I don't know what it is that's going to be a real story it didn't seem to be a story on the the level of some of the rest of what they've covered haha <laughs> so when I got your message sort of like giving me a heads up like hey this one's going to be a really difficult watch instead of you know the mm-hmm. the, the Bill Nye safety glasses on um and so I was a little bit prepared for what I heard uh not not entirely it's never easy to uh to, to hear that sort of story told. And I think particularly um, hearing the, the, the voice of the, the victim telling her own story um, was the one, one of the victims, but uh, it was a very, uh, it was very powerful and it was very depressing. And it was certainly uh, something I hadn't felt that way about being a wrestling fan and about the industry since last year with the, the whole, the first wave of the speaking out allegations. Right. So yeah, it was a, it was a rough watch. And uh, I give, uh, I give the producers credit for uh, telling this story and getting it out in a way that I think taking something that that a lot of people, like I said, like myself had heard about and revealing this really sort of ugly truth behind it, sort of undoing some of the myth-making around it, that it was this sort of scandalous, but overall harmless story. I, I think that that, like there, there were so many different 
um, thoughts that I kind of wrestled with after watching this episode. It was a very difficult watch for me. And I, I got to see it on Thursday morning. So it really sat with me all day, knowing mm-hmm. that this was when it aired, I think was going to strike a chord with many people. And yeah. that was certainly the case on Friday. But it was one where I think you can just look at so many different elements right down to the way this has been dubbed the plane ride from hell. Like it's this, it, it's kind of like we use these very vague terms to describe like the, the like the party culture. And um, it's like breaking those down and hearing in their words, like it's, it shouldn't come as shocking. And I, I was like familiar with this story ahead of time. Like there was the lawsuit in 2004, but to your point, like I, I don't think a whole lot of people would have known the, the nitty gritty details of this. And there were certainly elements of this episode that I was hearing for the first time, but you're and just, I, I, left... yeah, go ahead. Unfortunately, I think that you also, when you hear the person who is affected, the victim telling, putting it in their own words, it's very different than even when you hear the story even when you you hear about a lawsuit when you when you read what the filing what was alleged it's not the same it does hit differently I think uh almost right off the top uh what got me because again you hear these stories about party culture and you know what that means but uh hearing Rob Van Dam talk about like just make this sort of offhand comment about he was just sort of trying to explain what uh, age bombing people were like, how, giving them giving them halcyon. And he specifically just referred to, you know, the guys would do this to uh, young women who would be hanging around so that they could have their way with them. Like, should, that's rape. You're talking about like you're very casually throwing in that your your coworkers, your friends used to rape people, and in in a way that just showed absolutely no cognizance of that of of that being the case that it's just he was using this as an example to explain you know that they would drug each other and play pranks and so so immediately there was just this this real disconnect between what i think the the wrestlers being interviewed were were saying and the 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 people who work for the wwe and what the perspective of the people who were not um part of that culture uh would have thought of it so yeah you, you you certainly do get a sense of the kind of just what what became behavior that became commonplace and and you hear it from the perspective of those that are just you know downplaying the severity of it and then you have on the other side someone like terry runnels who i think there was a lot of sympathy for yeah. someone who understood that for me to be in this industry it's almost like this is an accepted um, consequence of being on the job. And I think just it's still don't sell it. to, to exactly don't sell it. Don't, don't show weakness and don't, don't rock the boat and stating that if I were to go the legal route for every infraction that I occurred, mm-hmm. I would be in court the rest of my life. Like, and it's you'd just- go broke doing it, which is what a lot of these very harmful industries count on that, that this culture is so these sorts of things are so widespread and so expected that if people were to try to take everyone to court for every every infraction for every assault for every uh for for every case of harassment that they that they would go broke simply trying to uh, simply trying to seek justice and i think 
the sad thing is like this is obviously this there are particular cultural problems with uh wrestling uh, i think that probably 75% of women though have had this experience of something happening in the workplace or with an organization that they're involved with be it sport uh whatever where you do have that moment where you think don't sell it don't it, it will be so much it will go so much worse for you if people know that this is going to bother you and yeah and that it, it, the thing like i i've had uh i've had things said to me about workplaces you know you can't fight city hall you can't you know there are just things that are best left and the and yeah this is a, a very extreme example but it certainly it hits home because it's like yeah i know what that feels like was was my reaction when she said that and uh it's it's very sad because and i think people are talking about this like it happened 19 years ago like this is nothing changed the, there was this huge uh, uh scandal last year which caused there's now been government intervention in the uk um that in order to try to control the industry because there were so many cases of sexual assault that were happening last year so it when you're talking about this being 19 years ago i don't know that things got a lot better in the interim it sort of seems like that culture kept right on going and Yeah, I don't I don't know what you do with that. I don't know how it's a very it's a long-term fix and I think that you can see from the attitudes of the 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 people who were involved, the men who were were talking about this incident that, you know, they're still pretty far from recognizing how much of a problem this is. You know, there is I think we should um also explain kind of um who Heidi Doyle is for those that maybe have not seen the episode. And I, w- I would certainly recommend you watching this, but with the caution, like it, it's a very, it's a very difficult watch. Um, and, it, and it's very g- graphic in its description. And I think it needs to be uh, Heidi Doyle was one of the flight attendants on this. This was a private chartered flight by WWE during this UK run in May of 2002. And alleged that Ric Flair, she had a number of allegations regarding Ric Flair is that Ric Flair had exposed himself to her uh, while cornering her in an area of the plane and then making her touch his penis, then had an incident with Scott Hall, who we only hear his voice of, he was not interviewed for this, believing he had been drugged on the plane and ends up grabbing her by the blouse and then licking her. Um, these are just two of the stories that are haunting in and of itself. You multiply that with an, just an egregious amount of alcohol that appeared to be on a bottomless supply um, that th- these uh, performers were readily engaging in. And on top of that, it's Jim Ross is kind of in the, the center of this as kind of the, the authority that he often finds himself in these dark side of the ring episodes where he becomes the default spokesman of the wwe even removed from that job Hmm. um i will say to jim ross like he he certainly is you know he's a senior official in this entire thing um i i'm i'm somewhat surprised he put himself on this show 
he does take a lot of the, he takes, he says, I do assume the blame for all of this. And also, I mean, a pretty, a pretty honest answer when it came to Ric Flair and why he escaped punishment. He was just, he was taken aback. Like he was speechless and just said that he got a pass. It was a pretty, a pretty honest assessment of what occurred here. But, and here's where I, I think that the, the show goes from difficult to watch to just profoundly depressing. He's saying that on a show where Terry Reynolds was repeating an allegation that she made internally when it happened at the time against Brock Lesnar. He exposed himself to her. Um, that uh, an allegation she repeated in an interview in 2004 that came up again last year when the it was revisited when uh, the speaking out allegations came out it came up again last night on the show and this is someone again who has never suffered any sort of setback in his career uh, and nor is there any indication that it was taken seriously I mean I don't know Ross said that he never heard the the allegations which is an interesting feat because if we heard them, I don't know how he didn't hear them, but okay, let's take him at his word that what he means is there was not a formal report made. This is someone who can like, you know, there's been no action taken to even investigate this. He's never denied that this happened. He said nothing about it. And I think that what you see again is that there are still guys who are at a level that even when there is this industry-wide reckoning, they're still untouchable. And I really hate that I used that word for it, Jesus. Um, That they are not going to suffer any consequences. And that that points to where there is still a lot of work to do and why ultimately this sort of thing may need to be taken out of the hands of individual promotions because they're just not capable of managing this. Like there is, there does seem to be with speaking out, with speaking out, there's a ceiling on how high up guys can be in the food chain before where, and where they can still be uh, where, where they can still be, caught where they can, they can still be taken down by the, these sorts of things, or even subject to some kind of disciplinary action, or even asked to explain themselves. Well, I think that that is, you know, in, in the wake of the, the speaking out movement was the net, the, the need for some kind of third party oversight and, you know, different companies are going to be in different positions to implement such a thing. WWE does not fall under that category of, a company that it should not that is clearly equipped to do such a thing that an incident involving a Terry Runnels and a Brock Lesnar that there is no way that that should be left to don't sell it there should be a mechanism in place that such actions can be taken forward to where someone can report an incident under anonymity if if needed because i do not have confidence that these companies can police themselves and this this is the story that there was a perfect storm of all of these people that were willing to speak on a television show. God knows how many more stories are are out there that we have never heard about. It would Mm -hmm. be endless, you would assume. And 
I just believe that we have a whole history of an industry that polices itself and is kind of off into the corner of pop culture. And this is black eye is not enough of a harsh statement of what this, this incident is. And and Mm -hmm. really it's plural for this plane ride. So, I mean, it's one that I certainly will uh, encourage people that have seen the episode, if you want to call in later and uh, talk about it, there is so much uh, attached to this episode. It was a very important episode. As Kate mentioned, that in the fallout of this, uh, we have not talked about Tommy Dreamer, but his his comments were extremely offensive, uh, extremely tone deaf. And in light of that, Impact Wrestling has indefinitely suspended him uh, with the announcement made earlier today. And they did issue a statement to us that is up on the website. Car Shield uh, has also put their campaign on pause. Uh, this was the campaign that featured Ric Flair and has been airing for uh, months, uh, as, as I recall, uh, issuing a statement to PWInsider.com, uh, their ad agency, uh, indicating that. So that th- those are the immediate uh, fallout from this episode that aired on Wednesday night. And we will see if there is more. And I, I think that there is going to be uh, great scrutiny uh, around many of the figures that were attached to this episode. Uh, is there any closing thoughts, uh, Kate, before uh, we move on? I know that this is, we, we could spend a lot of time on this. There's so many different aspects to it, but uh, in terms of just the episode, I'm sure it was an extremely hard one to sit through and coming out of it. Uh, this is not a show that I think you're just going to turn off and assume your regular activities. It's, it's one that it, it, it sat with me since watching it. I think that my, my final thoughts would be sort of in line with what you just said. This is, there is no evidence that the, this industry can police itself effectively. And perhaps this is also tied to the need for a union within the, uh, because at least a union would be there to advocate for, performers. Um, I think one of the things that distressed me about uh, watching that show, one of the many things, was that if any of the men interviewed felt remorse about what was done to the two flight attendants, who the, the two who, were, who filed the lawsuit, um, mm-hmm. Heidi Doyle and I'm, I've unfortunately blanked on the, uh, the other woman's name, but um, I think that if they felt truly bad about what had happened to them, there was a camera there. They could have apologized. If they were remorseful, there was the opportunity to say that. And none of them did. Tommy Dreamer, I think was probably the worst example of like an attitude one could take to that situation, but no one, no one said they were sorry. And I think it's very difficult to make progress in that, in that kind of atmosphere. 